This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. World Wrestling Federation Champion! Zach, it's time for more Reveal Mania. Seven. That is true. This is episode seven. And we're reviewing WrestleMania seven. Yes. The first WrestleMania I was alive for. Oh man. I was six. Uh, All right. I was I was like a couple months old, maybe. <laughs> this was playing in my house though. Really? Yes. Your parents told you they bought it? My dad told me he bought it. Ah, there you go. A young Zach being introduced. So this year, there's all kinds of stuff leading up to WrestleMania 7 in and out of the ring. Yep. So WrestleMania <laughs> 7 is full of things happening in and outside the ring leading up to the event that we need to cover before we even get into the show proper. So WrestleMania yeah. 6, we saw the Ultimate Warrior for, uh, win the WWF Championship from Hulk Hogan. We talked about it last week, or the last episode. So Hogan went as far to have the emotional moment with, uh, to have the emotional moment, and then Hogan reluctantly handing over the title and then putting over Ultimate Warrior. The original plan was to have Hulk Hogan face the Ultimate Warrior in a rematch for the WWF Championship. However. Yeah, however, unfortunately for the Ultimate Warrior, he wasn't a draw. Uh, Vince McMahon, uh, he wasn't the draw that Vince McMahon hoped for. Uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say that greatly. he wasn't a draw. I, I, I just, he wasn't as big of a draw as Hulk Hogan was. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people put somewhat the blame on Hulk Hogan because during that that uh, exchange, you know, where he reluctantly hands over the belt, it pretty much, like, negates everything. And, you know... Yeah, because he was up and walking around and all this other stuff. Like, he should have he should have gone out of the ring and went up the aisle and yeah, that ultimate the ultimate warrior. warrior. Yeah, in his moment. Uh, outside the WWF... The Gulf War was happening and over by the time WrestleMania took place. Yes, uh, the but w- they still needed to introduce the Gulf War element into wrestling. Yep. Because so the you know, nothing. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I'm, I'm nothing. Nothing uh, does as well as wrestling and politics. No, yeah, never have we ever seen that before. The WWF needed a new main event. Prior to the Royal Rumble 1991, Sergeant Slaughter became a heel. 
and aligned himself with General Adnan in a sergeant uh, in a segment where he came out wearing a turban and hailed the fact that Saddam Hussein conquered Kuwait and that he became a household name overnight, he being uh, Saddam Hussein. He then took out a box which contained new boots from Saddam Hussein himself, and he would conquer the ultimate warrior at the Royal Rumble. I actually went back and watched this segment. It was great. Yeah, did you also? Did he? Was this also the segment where he burned the Hulkamania? No, that doesn't happen yet because okay. they hadn't started, at this point they're still building to the to the Royal Rumble. Right, right. Oh, of course. So at the Royal Rumble 1991, in the main event, uh, the w, uh, WWF World Champion Ultimate Warrior faced off with Sergeant Slaughter, and with the help of the Macho King, using a scepter, hitting the Ultimate Warrior, knocking him out. Behind the ref's back, Sergeant Slaughter became the new WWF champion. This would lead to Hulk Hogan defending America against the evil Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter, in the main yes. event for the WWF championship. We would also get Macho King versus Ultimate Warrior for the revenge of what happened at the Royal Rumble. Meanwhile, the WWF was having problems trying to fill the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which could hold legitimately 100,000 people when seating is added to the field area of the stadium. The WWF seeing now, uh, seeing how well they did at WrestleMania 3 and the previous year at the Sky Dome in Toronto, they figured they could fill the, uh, the large venue. Turns nope. out, the WWF wasn't hot, so hot anymore. NBC pulled the plug on Saturday night's main event and the biggest show of the year only sold over 16,000 tickets. So it's very demor- demoralizing to the WWF. Here they thought, we've been doing business bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And then they just hit this roadblock. The LA Coliseum was an outdoor venue, but next door was the much smaller Los Angeles Sports Arena, which was uh, la- uh, where the last WrestleMania 2, the last part of WrestleMania 2 took place. And the, so they went there, but they've put out the story yep. that they were getting threats. Yeah. The donor have spun it as Sergeant Slaughter was receiving death threats, and there might even be a sniper. So for the safety of the performers and the fans, they removed the event indoors. It was a bunch of bullshit. It was. Some other interesting tidbits were that Bob Costas and Roseanne Barr were supposed to be in a skit uh, with a the Yankees owner George Steinbrenner for the need of instant replay in wrestling, but they backed out due to the WWF using the Gulf uh, War storyline to advance business. And you know this is bad when Roseanne Barr steps out because you know she's goddamn crazy. Yes. So there you have it. Let's get into WrestleMania Seven. You're now. You're now uh, caught up. So, this was interesting. This was the first TV 14 WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think WrestleMania 2 was rated as TV 14, but I think that was later on because due to the blood. Okay, you sh- okay. Okay. We but- get an awesome intro package with Vince McMahon, with Hogan and Slaughter. Howard Finkel introduces Willie Nelson to sing 
America the Beautiful, wearing a WrestleMania 7 t-shirt and a replica WWE title. Or WWF title, excuse me. Gorilla Monsoon welcomes us to WrestleMania. He then introduces Hacksaw Jim Duggan as color commentator for the first match. Duggan comes out in an Uncle Sam outfit. Monsoon runs down the career-ending match of Warrior vs. Savage. Oh, by the way, it's now a career-ending match. Oh, yes. Well, I completely forgot about that. Duggan says that Warrior is going to win. He says Hogan is going to win, uh, beat Slaughter, just like the Armed Forces beat Saddam. Sean Mooney is with the Rockers. They'll be facing Haku and the Barbarian. They are going to, uh, they are going to come out and, on top and turn some heads. Barbarian and Haku are already in the ring with Bobby Heenan. The Rockers then come out. So we got Rockers versus Barbarian and Haku with Bobby Heenan. The match starts off with... Uh, do you have anything to say about the intro or anything? I don't, because I'm still upset about this whole Iraq Gulf War thing. I, <laughs> this WrestleMania just sucks. All right. The match starts Sorry. off with Barbarian and Shawn Michaels with a lot of whips showing off the agility of Michaels and then selling when he gets hit by the Barbarian. The Rockers would get the advantage by using their double-team moves. Marty Jannetty would get a double-teamed by Haku and Barbarian and get a de- desperation move, but then get beat back down. Jannetty went for a flying shoulder tackle from the top rope and was caught and turned into a power slam. Barbarian then tried to splash and missed. Uh, Michelson gets the hot tag. Uh, Jannetty hits a missile dropkick and Michaels with a cross-body block and picks up the win in 10 minutes and 33 seconds. I think this was really... I think this was a pretty good match. Yeah. All things all things considered. considered. Haku yeah. and the Barbarian are awesome. Yes. And they're big, scary men. And... You know, say what you want about Marty Jannetty, but he... I still think he's good. I mean, I think he gets I, a bad rap. Well, his bad rap is mostly, like, personal things. I... Say what you want about Marty Jannetty. He can go in the ring, and Shawn Michaels, as we all probably the greatest of all time. Yep. So this is this is just great. We are then told that Bobby Heenan is going to join color commentary after the match. So Jim Hacksaw, or so Hacksaw leaves. <sighs> we then go to Mean Gene in the back with three people: Regis Philman, Alex Trebek, and Marla Maples. Regis says that. He fears Earthquake, and that he's enjoying being at WrestleMania. Marlo is going to be a guest interview and the guest timekeeper. Alex Trebek does a Jeopardy phrasing joke, and then he kicks it back to Gorilla and Heenan. It was awful. Yeah, it was. The Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Erich versus Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Carrie Von Erich for just a second. Okay. Did you know that when he was in the WWF, he only had one foot? Yes, due to a motorcycle accident. And he is amazing. I guess. I'll get to that. Okay, so, this match is not that great, but... Yeah. Go yeah. over the match. Uh, yeah, I'll get to that. So I said, first time seeing Carrie Von Eric. Dino gets beat down with a fury of punches by Bravo. Wait, Dino? Oh, sorry. God damn it, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I meant to write. 
Uh, Carrie gets beat down by, by the Fury of Punches by Bravo. Dino then hits the side. Suplex for a near three count. A discus punch out of nowhere called the Spinning Tornado. And Carrie Von Eric picks up the win in 311. There was nothing to this match. That's why I didn't write much. Well, yeah, no, there wasn't anything to this match. I think that's mostly because Dino Bravo sucks. Ah, fair enough. I wrote, very disappointing match. I've always heard how good Kerry Von Erich was, and I was hoping to get to see him in a good match, but I guess not. I do believe this is after he had his motorcycle wreck, so maybe that had something to do with it. Well, yeah, no, it was definitely after the motorcycle wreck. He only had one foot, and he was... And I hope we get to see more of him. I'm, I'm not sure if we if we will or not. He does win the Intercontinental Championship at some point. Oh, yeah, I don't think and, we see him. But maybe we do. I don't know. And he has some pretty good matches from that point on. Gotcha. Sean Mooney is with the Warlock and Sl- or Warlord and Slick. War, War Warlord looks like a cheap Terminator. He should be the Warlock instead of the Warlord. <laughs> the Warlock. The Warlord says that Davy Boy will feel the full Nelson and Slick makes dog puns. Gene Oakland is with Davy Boy Smith. Davy Boy says that he will break the full Nelson hold and he will power slam. Uh, He then starts talking to the dog Winston and there's no bull in the British Bulldog. Who the hell is Winston? What happened to Matilda? I think Matilda was actually uh, the Dynamite Kid's dog. Ah, okay. Who, at this point, is, like, retired. Oh, oh, wow, that was quick. (laughs) Well, his body's just, like, completely destroyed. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Warlord with Slick versus the British Bulldog with Winston. Can I just say, say before we start, how much I hate the Warlord... He sucks. He's <laughs> awful. He's the worst. And he brings down good workers beside him. Like, even now, today, in 2018, on the indie scene, he teams up with the Barbarian. And the Barbarian, much diminished. But still, he was good. And they pair him up with this big schlub. Oh, man, he's still wrestling today. That's sad. It is sad. Actually, a lot of a lot of the guys uh, who are still alive are from the '80s and early '90s are still wrestling today. Tito Santana still wrestles. Yeah, the Rockers. Uh, they had something in my town, the town I live in, and they had the Rockers. The Rockers. Yes. Was it Marty Jannetty and Yep Al Snow? Oh, sorry, I meant the Midnight Express. Sorry. Oh. oh. Or the Rock and Roll Express. Rock and Roll, that's it. Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, no, they're still, they're still, uh, they're still kicking. Although I hear they're they're about to enter a retirement match. Yep, yep, they sure are for Black Label Pro. Yes. All right. So the Bulldog gets a full entrance while the Warlord is already in the ring. Tells you what they think of that. Because it sucks. Exactly. Gorilla says that don't look for any drop kicks in this match. It's all power. I thought he was doing, you know, kind of like the Jim Ross Bowling Shoe Ugly reference. Warlord throws Bulldog into the corner and then flexes. And then Bulldog tries to take down the Warlord with a shoulder tackle. And it takes three times, but Davey Boy finally gets the Warlord down. 
Davy Boy goes for a crucifix, but Warlord hits a Samoan drop. Warlord then applies a bear hug, but the crowd is going nuts for Bulldog, willing him out of it. Uh, but the Warlord hits a stun gun in for a two. Warlord hits an easy uh, looking belly to belly suplex on the Bulldog, which was very impressive. Like he looks like he picked him up with no ease. Or no no trouble, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Davy Boy then hits a drop kick. See what he did there. And then does a ten spot with headbutts. And then hits a flying cross body block to finally take the warlord off his feet. But it was a but it's for all for a quick one count. Davy Boy tries for a pile driver, but the warlord stands up, and then he tries a sunset flip, but the warlord sits down and flexes for a pin for a two. Warlord then hits the full Nelson in the middle of the ring, and the Bulldog slowly starts to fade. Because the fingers are not locked, though, Davy Boy is eventually able to break free from the whole full Nelson lock. Davy Boy then gets the Warlord in the power slam move, and then hits it for the three for the win at 8:15. I hate the Warlord. You're gonna. He brings hate. down good people. You're gonna hate my notes. What? This match was great. I was really impressed at how the crowd didn't get quiet or bored throughout the match, even during the bear hug or reverse chin lock. Davy Boy was hot, and the crowd was firmly behind him. I really like the fact that the Warlord was actually pretty good, at least playing the large bad guy, and no, Davy playing he's the smaller awful. wrestler. He sucks. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I really enjoyed I like this match, Boy, and I'm glad there was no I interference. Like, I like Davy Boy, but Warlord is just awful. He wasn't that bad. He's the worst. <sighs> he he is he is worse than Sapphire. What? Yes. I disagree. Okay. Mean Gene is in the back with the Nasty Boys and Jimmy Hart. They say that they're going to put an end to the stink in the pink. The Hart Foundation. And they are going to be the new WWF Tag Team Champions. They then take uh, Gene's coat, Hanky, and they blow their noses into it, and they give it back to him. Yeah, the stink of the pink is kind of an unfortunate turn of phrase. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sean Mooney is with the Hart Foundation and Jim Neidhart. Neidhart cuts a screaming promo. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, that's all Jim Neidhart ever does is scream and pull on his beard. Yes. Brett says <laughs> that the nasty boys are going to be the, are the bottom of the barrel, and they aren't really nasty. They're scum. I think Jim Neidhart is most high as hell. Probably. He liked his cocaine. <laughs> his promo was awesome. <laughs> nasty boys, we're going to get you. Ah! And know. he's so ugly. Like, he's such an ugly man. And how... I don't know how Natalia is his daughter. She got all her looks from her mother. Probably. Alright, WF World Tag Team Championship <coughs> match. The Nasty Boys with Jimmy Hart versus the champions the Hart Foundation. The Hart Foundation comes out to Bright's future theme. The crowd goes nuts for them. They randomly cut to a young uh, Macaulay Culkin, but they don't mention him by name. But 
They do say that youngster doesn't want to be home alone with the nasty boys. Boo. <laughs> Sags and Brett start off. Hard hits a uh, Luthas press early. And is able to beat down both the nasty boys single-handedly. When Nobbs tries to interfere, uh, Hart then appears to go for the sharpshooter, but hits a stomp instead. Nightheart is in tag to face off against Nobbs. Both large men exchange punches, and they're very sloppy. Uh, Nightheart hits an arm drag, which sends Nobbs out of the ring. Nightheart is beat up a little, but uh, eventually Sags makes a mistake, allowing Brett to be tagged. Hart hits a Russian leg sweep and climbs to the second rope for an elbow drop. Nobbs comes in and double teams Brett, uh, giving the Nasty Boys the advantage. The Nasty Boys slow things down by putting the reverse chin lock uh, in. The Nasty Boys just use their power and beat down Brett. The Nasty Boys keep using a reverse chin double chin lock for what felt like years. Eventually, Brett tries to crawl over to make the tag, but Sags runs in and hits Nightheart to knock him off the ring. Brett uh, then makes a tag behind the ref's back eventually, and the Nasty Boys try for a double team, but it fails. Nightheart then gets the hot tag and throws Sags into knobs and then hits a double clothesline. Nightheart hits the uh, big ring shake. It's a big ring, ring shaking power slam. That almost looks like they are on a trampoline. Did you notice that? They did yeah, some freaking air. There's something going on with the ring. All four men are in the ring at this point, and the Heart Foundation hit the heart attack, but the ref doesn't count, trying to get Brett out of the ring. And while distracted, Sags hits Nightheart in the back with the megaphone, and this allows the Nasty Boys to pick up the ring at 1210 and become the new uh, WWF tag team champions yes what'd you think okay so one I think one I th- I don't think Sags hit uh, Neidhart with a with the megaphone I think it was a helmet oh but, but regardless would, oh um, that's because he was General Lee or what I don't remember yeah anyway. I don't know wait I the, think he was the a th- colonel the thing the thing is I don't the the nasty boys have always kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I've never they're been all, a fan of them either. They're they're I've never been a fan of them. Uh and they're they're really good friends with Hulk Hogan. Yep. And so I think that's why they won the, the tag team titles here. Maybe. Uh I don't I don't think there was any reason to take them off of the Hart Foundation. Um unless and I like I know we're very close to Bret Hart breaking out as a single star, yep. like within the next year. But still, that could have waited a little longer. I don't even think the Nasty Boys are around next year. So, like, oh, wow. you know, they were in for a cup of coffee and gone. Yeah, I saw that this was a good tag team match. They play out the power of the Nasty Boys uh, and the strength, uh, but the foundation were able to hang with the Nasty Boys. Once again, I have to comment on how. The crowd is really into the match and really into the Hart Foundation. Yeah, Bret Hart's always been popular. Yeah. So this was an interesting next match. Well, that's one word for it. Yeah. 
So next up was Jake the Snake Roberts versus Rick Martell. They played a package where Rick Martell sprayed some kind of substance. Later I found out it was cologne called Arrogance, which is an awesome name for a cologne. Arrogance by Rick Martell. That's awesome. Uh, Into the eyes of Jake the Snake on the Brother Love Show. Jake is then blinded. And I love that the doctor says, Next week, Jake, we'll determine the full extent of the, the visual impairment. Like it takes full, full seven days, apparently. Yep. Jake is then completely blind and for some reason agrees to do another Brother Love show where they cut to a... Where they, they cut blind jokes and then he ends up DDTing Brother Love. And they have this one wide shot. I'll never remember. They, he was wearing sunglasses or something. And they knock the sunglasses off of him and they show his eyes and they're all white. Yep, contact lenses. Yeah, it looked awesome. Uh, I gotta say, as a uh, legally blind person, I was very uh, offended, it's not the right word, but I was like, ah, oh, come on. All right. Six weeks later, a still blind Jake the Snake Roberts interferes in a match between Rick Martell and Tito Santana. And he beats up Santana because he doesn't know. We then cut to an interview with Jake the Snake at WrestleMania. They zoom in close to his eye. And then he says, snakes have six senses. And they will always do better in the dark. I wrote, so is he still blind? Question mark. At no point did they ever say this was going to be a blindfold match. That's what this is. Blindfold matches never work. No. Never. So apparently, this is a blindfold match I wrote. Because I had no fucking clue. They never said this in the build-up. So both men walk around with their... So here's the thing. I'm assuming Jake the Jake was supposed to still be blind at this point. Something was he? like that. I think, I think that's what's supposed to be the case. I don't know. Anyway, they both uh, walk around the ring with their arms out, trying to figure out where they are. Jake then points around the ring, and the crowd provides assistance by screaming louder. I thought that was kind of cool. That is. I mean, like, a blindfold match is a very old school uh, stip. Yes. And... Jake probably had been in some prior to being. Oh, that makes sense. So he knew how to work a blindfold match. It's just a. It's just a bad stipulation. Yeah. Uh, I said that was an interesting tactic. I'd never seen it before. I think the only blindfold match I saw was on Raw one night. I've seen a few. Okay, I've probably seen one or two myself. I just don't remember them. Eventually, Roberts finds it was Triple H and someone else, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Triple H had one. Uh, James Storm had one in TNA. That's where I be remembering the James Storm one. Eventually, Roberts finds Martel, uh, but then both men get up, and Martel throws Jake for a whip, but then puts his head down for a backdrop, but Jake runs by him. Pretty funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, come on, you can't. It wasn't that bad. <sighs> This is probably the worst match on the, the one of the worst matches on, on the card. 
Martel eventually hits a body slam on Jake the Snake, but then goes for an elbow and misses as Jake quickly gets back to his feet. The crowd begins chanting DDT while both men continue to wander around the ring. Martel at one point grabs the snake bag and is scared senseless. Jake is dumped on the floor and Martel comes out with a chair randomly poking the air. He walks into the post uh, and he swings the chair and hits the post. Jake drags Martel back into the ring where Martel hits the backbreaker and then he tries for a Boston Crab but What the fuck is that? I don't know. Hold on. What? Oh. Yeah, what what the fuck? I thought you were like yelling or something. Sorry, my wife started watching something on YouTube and I was like, ah! I was like, what the fuck's going on? 27 minutes. No. Okay. Let me re re record all that. <clears throat> he walks into the ring post and he swings the chair and hits the post. Jake drags Martel into the ring, but Matara hit but but bleh. Matara, it's a backbreaker. Exactly. And we're like, why is the horseman here? Exactly. Martel hits a backbreaker, and then he tries for the Boston Crab, but Roberts powers out. Jake hits the DDT, but he can't figure out where Mattel is uh, for the pin. But after about 15 seconds, uh, he gets he gets the pin at 8 minutes and 34 seconds. Well, I think this match would have been tons better not blindfolded. I felt they really were legit blindfolded and couldn't see. And they did a great job. Maybe they were. I don't know. I love the fact that every year Jake has brought out the snake and the announcers are always amazed at its size. Okay. So, they were probably actual in actual blindfolds, which makes sense. Here's the thing. This concept doesn't work because, you like, wrestling is dangerous. Yeah. And if you don't know where everybody is and somebody's just, like, throwing elbows or something. Or you're next to the ring hurt. ropes and don't right. realize it. Yeah, no, this... I, I hate this stipulation. And Jake the Snake Robert and Rick the Model Martel deserve better. Well, you know what? I hope at WrestleMania 35, we have an Iron Man blindfold match. <laughs> Between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yes. And they and the only moves they're allowed to do are Superman Punch and F5. Yes. And um, double leg takedowns. Nope. Only two moves. Superman Punch and F5. Those are <laughs> the ones they chose. No suplexes. No suplexes. No, you don't want to do a suplex while you're blindfolded <laughs> on the back of your head. Yes. <coughs> we then go to the back, and the Nasty Boys are celebrating with uh, Marla Na- Maple. Is it Maples? Yeah, Marla Maples. I want to keep calling her Marla Naples. I don't know. She's some person who's connected to Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, we're, I saw a uh, celebrating with Marla Maples reporter. Uh, but you can't understand anything that's going on. There's just a lot of yelling and cheering. This is a pointless. Alright, our boy, apparently, Superfly Jimmy Snuka versus the debuting Undertaker. Well, not debuting, but first WrestleMania. 
Yes. Uh, the Undertaker. And I was really surprised. I mean, Brother Love brought out The Undertaker, but he was already with uh, Paul, Bear, Paul Bear. And he had yeah. the urn and everything. The Undertaker comes out with Paul Bear in the urn. The cameras find scared-looking kids in the in the crowd. Uh, that was a good touch. I mean, original Undertaker is not that scary-looking because he has bright red hair. Yes, uh, and purple gloves. Uh, yeah, and the purple gloves. Oh, no, they were gray. You know, they were gray here. You know, by the time he has the purple gloves, he's dyed his hair black. Yeah, that's and, true. And has straightened it. But now he has curly red hair. He's a ginger. And, and he's just it's kind of goofy looking. It's ginger tanger. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Paul Barry used to call him Wendy. Ha! Because he looked like the girl the from the Wendy's, Wendy's bag. Yeah. All right. So, um, the bell rings and both men just stare each other down. Jimmy Snooker turns his back on The Undertaker, who attacks him and punches him with, with punches and kicks in the corner. A flying clothesline from Taker. Superfly falls out of the ring. After a big boot, the Undertaker hits a suplex into the inside of the ring. So far, this match has been all Undertaker. Snooker then tries some chops, and then he tries a leap, uh, frog, but Undertaker ducks, and Superfly goes over the top rope. Snooker tries for a slingshot, but is caught. And then there's a tombstone hit by the Undertaker for the win at 4 minutes and 20 seconds. I said, Jimmy Snooker can't freaking work. His offense was nothing but kicks and headbutts and punches. He's old at this point. Yes, I'm aware of that. And imagine, okay, this is WrestleMania 7, right? Yep. In 18 years, he works another WrestleMania. Oh, fuck, you're right. You mean 11 years? No, I mean 18. Oh, God, that's right with Jericho. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, this was a disappointing match, uh, but I'm really glad to see The Undertaker finally make his WrestleMania debut. Yes. What did you think I of think we'll, we'll get a couple more. We'll get one more squash match and before we get the really bad Undertaker match. Oh, God, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, I mean, Undertaker, early Undertaker matches are interesting because he doesn't, he is like full zombie. So a lot of like, he, he, a lot of the things that make him special are things that would be considered rude if other wrestlers did them. Like he, like he didn't sell at all for Jimmy Snuka. Nor should he have. Well, in this case, no, but like he was headbutting him and doing all this other stuff, and like he wasn't like he just was like, like he was like big Frankenstein. Um, and I thought that he was a lot more ath- he was really athletic as well, like that uh, inside out uh, suplex, mm-hmm. very difficult to do. Um, so there's so there was a lot of upside to. Young, uh, yeah, Undertaker I like the uh, flying clothesline where he does the front flip. Yeah, that's a move that I always like to see him do too. Yeah, he ain't doing that today. Uh, no, he he's lucky if he can walk. <laughs> 
All right, so we have the career-ending match. Macho King Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior. Before the match, Bobby Heenan notices that Elizabeth is in the crowd. Macho King and Sherry come down on a throne. Bobby Heenan loses his shit over Sherry. Uh, the crowd is firmly behind the Ultimate Warrior and with Warrior, Warrior, Warrior chants. The bell finally rings after a lot of pomp. Savage poses on the top rope and Macho Man gets booed. So the Ultimate Warrior does the same thing and he gets cheered. Warrior gets the early advantage with a huge atomic drop on Savage. Sherry tries to interfere by getting in the ring, but Warrior throws Savage on her... Uh, on her... Oh, but Warrior throws Savage at her, knocking her out of the ring, uh, ring onto the floor. Savage with a big clothesline, and then goes to the top and tries for a cross-body block, but is caught by the Warrior, who just puts him down. That was weird. And then slaps him across the face. Savage then throws a steel chair into the ring, which distracts the ref, and uh, Warrior... Warrior Savage, okay. Oh, distracts the ref and the warrior. Savage attacks, but is quickly overpowered and is chopped repeatedly in the head. Warrior tries for a flying clothesline into the corner, but misses and goes over the post to the outside. Sherry attacks Warrior on the outside. Her skirt, uh, on the outside, her skirt not, uh, leaving much to the imagination. She's pretty hot in it. Warrior pushes Sherry to the ground, but she keeps the kick and punch Warrior before he finally gets back into the ring. Savage uh, goes for a neck breaker, but Warrior turns into a backslide for a two. Warrior hits a big clothesline and then starts running the ropes repeatedly and misses a splash. And Savage goes for the pin, but gets a two and then gets into a sleeper hold. <clears throat> Warrior slowly gets to his feet, and then he breaks the hold. Both men attempt clotheslines, and the ref begins to count. Both men get up. Warrior gets a small package, but Sherry jumped on the ring to distract the ref, and he gets the visual pinfall. Finally, a two-count is made, and the ref is then knocked down. Sherry gets onto the top turnbuckle and misses. Hitting the Warrior ends up hitting Savage with the shoe. Off the top rope. Macho Man does his run over the top rope clothesline and gets a two. Macho then hits a perfect elbow drop. And instead of pinning, he goes up for a second time. He hits a second elbow drop. And then again, goes up for a third elbow drop. And then he hits that one. So he hits three elbow drops in a row at this point. Savage goes up for a fourth time. And hits a fourth elbow drop. And then he goes up for a fifth time. I was like, holy shit, dude. You're like playing, you know, No Mercy or something. And it's your only move. Uh, he hits a fifth elbow drop. Mind you, they have made this elbow drop. You know, this has been the, the move. <laughs> Excuse me. It certainly has been the move, but what I'm th my, my thinking is, um, 
anyway, he, he hits these five elbow drops and gets a two. He gets only. a two! My thinking is that he should have gone up and did a sixth one because it's an uneven number mm-hmm. and he shocked Ultimate Warrior awake. Hmm. I guess. I think he should have did like two or three. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. Five just seemed too goddamn much. I think he should probably should only hit one and got... But, you know, that's his name. I wrote then, Warrior, then Warrior's Up. I don't know what you call it. Shaking <laughs> I, I the top rope. I Warrior ropes. Up is, is, is the proper term. Shaking the top rope, and he does his Warrior dance. Looks like he's going to fucking piss himself. Or he stole he's Tatanka's... The, he's, putting, he's putting the fuel in the rocket ship. Apparently, he stole Tatanka's gimmick. <laughs> That's what I thought. He's doing a war dance. He starts hitting has Macho has Man. Tanaka, has Tanaka, no, I don't think he, yet. Not yet. Not yet. So Tatanka took Warrior's gimmick. Exactly. What a thief. Warrior then starts hitting Macho Man over and over again with the clothesline. Another, and another, and another, and another. And then he does a sign for the body press slam. Uh, Savage is press slammed, and they splash to the back for, to, to Savage for the one, two, kick out. Nobody kicked no. out of the splash. Warrior then wastes time. This is weird. It's like you just got a fucking huge kick out. This was so weird. Warrior then wastes time talking to his warriors... And allows Savage to get a breather. And then he begins leaving the ring. And then stands on the apron while the ref counts to eight. Then Savage clocks him out of the ring. Sherry holds Warrior's throat against the barricade. Playing off the WrestleMania was it three match yeah, with, with Tito Santana. No, Steamboat. Steamboat, that's right. Yes, I know. We always, you always confuse always Steamboat confuse and, and Santana. Yes, I'm terrible. Just remember, Santana goes Ariba, and Steamboat gets his throat crushed. And we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Savage goes off the top rope, but misses hitting the steel barricade. Warrior hits several shoulder tackles on Savage, and then places a foot on his chest while posing, and picks up the victory with a clean one, two, three. In 20 minutes and 47 seconds. The career of Macho Man is now officially over. After the match, Sherry throws the ref out of the ring and begins screaming at Macho Man. She then kicks him in the ribs repeatedly. Elizabeth then jumps the barricade and runs into the ring and attacks Sherry, throwing her out of the ring. Macho Man then nearly punches Elizabeth because he doesn't realize that it is her. Elizabeth, excuse me. She then begins crying. Bobby says that she loves him, and eventually they hug. Elizabeth and Macho Man are back together, and it doesn't matter because Randy Savage's career is over. That's what I wrote. I will let you say your piece now. I have a long note I want to read. Well, but- okay. I mean, this is like... This is probably the best match Warrior has ever had. It's awesome. Um, but they do some weird stuff in this match, like the five elbow drops and all that other stuff. 
It's a great match. Some parts were just too much. But here's the thing. Warrior has beaten has now beaten Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. They're the two biggest people in the company. Guess what? Nobody gives a nobody gives two shits about Ultimate Warrior because the story is about Hogan or the story is about Savage. So the aftermath aftermatch stuff all about Savage, you know, yes, Ultimate Warrior can continue to have a career. But guess what? We now get a we get a story arc with Randy Savage. Yep, and, and weddings. And the, and the fans are more impressed with that. Yeah. Uh, some has called this match the greatest match of the Ultimate Warrior's career. And I would say this was an awesome match. There were near falls, there was drama, and after the match, Elizabeth and Macho Man came back together, which was great after seeing what happened in the previous years. Heenan no-sold the entire thing, I didn't like the fact that Savage got beat the way he did, having Warrior perform a cocky pin with his foot on his chest. But and yeah, he could kick out of the slam, but he couldn't and the splash, but he couldn't kick out of a man standing on his chest with one foot after a shoulder tackle. Macho Man will now go into commentary, and will be in the coming uh, in the coming years go to WCW. Macho Man's reunion overshadowed the entire match, in my opinion. Hmm. I, you know, yes, I he does go into commentary. I, but I want to say that he has a match next year. Hmm. Okay. Well, I've only, I've only just started the very first beginning of WrestleMania Eight, so. Yeah, I think he has a match with Ric Flair next year. I gotta say, I am really looking forward to WrestleMania Eight, when the opening match is Shawn Michaels. Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels? I didn't think that they did these, uh, the barbershop window yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Gorilla and Heenan are both losing their voices at this point. Gorilla and Heenan, Gorilla and Heenan are shown talking. Uh, Heenan talks about Mr. Perfect versus Big Boss Man. And Perfect is in the Heenan family. Whew, okay, after that. Regis Philbin is with The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Undertaker begins measuring Philbin and then throws it to Alex Trebek. He then is with Demolition and Smash and... He is with Demolition, Smash and Crush. Axe is no longer with the company. Uh, With Master Fuji. They say that Fuji has all the answers... And that they're great. Trebek then throws it back to Regis. And he is with Teneru. And neither man can speak English. Oh, who else was he with? He's yeah, he's with, with, uh, and... with Genichiro, Tenru, and... Yes. Oh, uh, Kitao. Kitao. Yeah, Koji Kitao. Kitao. Yeah. So, he says neither man speaks English. He asks questions and they don't answer. He then thinks... He then thinks... Uh, he thinks... Okay. He then says... Toyota. And they light up. So he says... Zuzu. And they ask... About Kathy Lee. Wait, what? 
<laughs> oh, and then they asked about Kathy Lee, which was weird. So, but yeah, that was very racist. And I knew, I literally had to stop this and like, go talk to my wife and be like, look what they did. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was actually shocked it didn't come out to Asian flute music. Trebek is now with Jake Roberts and Damien. Roberts says that Damien loves Jeopardy and Trebek runs away in fear because he has the snake out. I think this is another intermission. I think so too. So the next match, we have Demolition with Ma- with Mr. Fuji versus Teneru and Katel. So, right, so I know the name Teneru. I do not know the name of... Koji Katao. Koji Katao. So, yeah. So, Genichiro, Tenru, and Koji Katao. Koji Katao, for, to a lesser extent, is is a big deal. But he was a big deal at the time. Like, um, Genichiro Tenru is kind of like a living legend. It's the same Tenru pro- in no, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, he worked primarily in all Japan AGP, Pro Wrestling okay. first. However, he he had a falling out with Giant Baba, mm-hmm. and he left the company. And so he started this another promotion uh, called War. Oh, I remember War from the FMW days. Yeah, and so War uh, was a promotion that he ran, and he also worked for New Japan later on. Oh. The thing about... Uh, Tenru is that he's the oldest man to have ever hold, held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He won it when he was like 53 years old. Holy cow. And he retired like two years ago in a match with Okada. Oh, so this is the same Tenru. Yes. Holy shit. I know, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's... In terms of ProRes, he's like the he's like he's right up there with Inoki and Jumbo Saruda and Sawa and like all those guys in terms of like uh, stature and in, in in my opinion anyway. So I would love to see some of this stuff. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean so his matches. About, so what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. His matches. His matches are like really hard hitting. Um, and I like, how, and even when he was in, in late in his career, he kept on, uh, he pulled out a new move. He like, when he was 53 years old, he, he started using a new finisher. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what, so, uh, what about Keiji Katao? Koji Katao, uh, Koji, sorry. he, he was, uh, he was another old, old Japan guy, I believe. Um, I, but I'm 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 not as familiar with him. I know I like I recognize the name, but so were these guys just brought in for a one shot, or did they have some kind of working agreement with All Japan at this time? I don't think they had a working relation with All Japan, but Genru uh, Genichiro Tenru um, he he appeared in a couple of Royal Rumbles, and he had this match. Like huh. he was in, I think he was in this year's Royal Rumble, and he was definitely in the '92 Royal. Gotcha. Because he worked with Flair for a while. Oh wow! Um, yeah, 
So, like, he was he he did this for a while, and then he went back to Japan. Um, but he wasn't a really big deal here. Gotcha. All right, so Crush and Smash go right in after the tag team of Tenaru and Katao with punches. Finally, Katao and Smash begin. Smash double team uh, Katao. Uh, demolition with quick take. Just keep working over Katao. And Bobby Heenan makes Japanese jokes. Tenaru is tagged in and runs wild with elbow drops. But then uh, he slips off the top rope. And misses allowing demolition to take back over. Tenaru with a power bomb out of nowhere for the win in four minutes and forty-four seconds. Yeah. I pretty much said a pretty by the numbers match. Demolition has never really been a good tag team. Four big men just fighting. It's really what this was. Pretty much. What do you think? Yeah, I I mean I agree. Um <clears throat> I really like Tenru's powerbomb is, like, legendary in Japan, so it was cool to sing oh, it here. Oh, yeah, because you never see the powerbomb. This is, like, yeah, the first. Yeah, the powerbomb, we don't really see it a lot in the United States. We don't States, see it now today that much. Yeah, no, we don't. I mean, very few people do it, like Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, Sin Cara yep. does a powerbomb. But in, uh, in Japan, uh, the powerbomb is much more, like... Heavily was heavily used in, especially in the '90s. A lot of guys used the power bomb. Gotcha. Like Vader, uh, Tenru, um, Kobashi. Yeah, I gotta say I was a little disappointed because I knew the name. Uh, you know, I I'd heard of Tenru, so I was really excited because I was like, "Holy shit, this is when he was young, probably." You know, so. Relatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mean Gene is in the back with Big Boss Man, and he says he'll be champion. He said that their insults hurt his mama's feelings, and that he's going to mow down Mr. Perfect. Sean Mooney is with Perfect and Heenan. He makes uh, mention of the Rodney King beating, and he says that they're going to uh, dish out their brand of justice for free. Perfect says that Big Boss Man isn't going to be able to take 56 swipes at him, and he says that he is perfect. I shook my head. Why do they need to bring up the Rodney King? I have no fucking idea. I just thought that was so distasteful. Yeah, it's it's so distasteful and tacky. Like, Big Boss Man, we know, is not an actual cop. So why the hell are you talking... Like he is. He wasn't part of the Rodney King meeting. Well, Unless you're implying that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was awful. I, I did not know why they had to bring that up. But Big Boss Man is fighting for his mama's feelings, damn it. All right. Intercontinental Championship match. The Big Boss Man versus uh, Mr. Perfect with Bobby Heenan. And we get Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Yes, we do. I hate Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> and Sucks. Gorilla kept calling him your lordship, your lordship. Where, where's Jesse? He, uh, so here's what's funny. Guess what is up on the WWE Network now? The Jesse Ventura collection? No. 
I don't know. Saturday night. Oh. WCW Saturday night. Yes. I watched the first one. Guess who's all over it? Jesse Ventura. You're damn straight. And guess who else? Uh. Another commentator. Tony Schiavone. No. Dusty Rhodes. No. Jim uh, Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, Jesse Ventura hosts the Saturday Night. And program. Jim Ross commentates. Yep. Yeah. Jim Ross isn't going to come up for another two years. I was sad. I was like, oh, WrestleMania 6 is going to happen. Oh, fuck. Okay, maybe WrestleMania 7. Fuck. Damn. Nope. WrestleMania 9. Yep. So a couple more years. All right. Mr. Uh, Big Boss Man throws a towel into the face of Perfect. He then spits at Perfect. And Perfect slaps Boss Man. Bossman then grabs the hair of Perfect and does a big swing. This looks like it hurts. That's a lady's move. The big swing? By the hair? Oh. Well, Mr. Perfect does have long flowing hair like a lady. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> big Mossman then grabs his belt and begins slapping Perfect <coughs> and the ref allows it. Perfect then grabs... Uh, the perfect then grabs the slap and punches Big Boss Man. Wait, the slap? <sighs> I think he meant to say it grabs a belt and then punches Big Boss Man with it. Hard slash by perfect onto the boss man. A long abdominal stretch by perfect. And then a two count after a drop kick by perfect. And more thunderous chops to a bare chest of the boss man. These chops were brutal. Yes. Perfect tries for the perfect plex, but Boss Man turns it into a roll-up for a two. Perfect at the top rope, but is hit with a kick after uh, trying for some kind of move. I don't know what he was trying for. Boss Man then runs the balls of Perfect into the post. Both men are outside. Big Boss Man goes after Heenan, but Perfect runs the head of Big Boss Man into the steel steps. Andre the Giant then just randomly comes down to ringside. Uh, I think they're playing off last year's event of yeah. Heenan uh, turning on Giant. Per- or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, him just uh, defecting from the family. Yeah, Perfect I think so too. has exposed the steel turnbuckle. Andre grabs the IC title, and if Perfect gets distracted by Andre, Perfect is... Handed something by Heenan, but the Giant hits Perfect with the belt. Both men are down on the canvas, and the ref begins to count. Bossman sets up, but he can't get to his feet. He then crawls over to Perfect and gets a two. Out of nowhere, the Heenan family comes running down and attacks Bossman for the DQ. Hako and Warlord are attacking Andre, but he takes care of them on the outside. So, winner by DQ, Big Boss Man at 10.46. After, Lame. Yes. After the match, Big Boss Man grabs Andre as he's walking up the ramp, and he raises his hand for whatever reason, and then Andre raises the hand of Big Boss Man. Uh, my, do I have any notes or want to say anything on this? No. 
I just, I I don't. I, we've had what a couple of DQs at this point. Yeah. We, and I, especially in title matches, if you don't want Boss Man to lose, then don't book him in the match. I'd rather see like a double countout. I mean, a double like pin or something. Yeah. Well, they took each other to the limit. I mean, said, that uh, would, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, that would be preferable. But uh, like I said, if if you don't want to beat, uh, if you don't want to beat Boss Man and you don't want to beat Henning, don't have them go against each other. Have Henning have a match with Bret Hart or something, or you know, or somebody else, where he could actually get a clean victory. Especially on WrestleMania. That's yeah. that's just my opinion. Oh yeah, and that kind of sucks. I spent ten minutes in this match just for right, it to end up in a DQ. Exactly. I said I love perfect selling of moves from the big boss man from going above and beyond, making him look strong and powerful. I didn't care for the match ending and the big boss man not caring about Andre's quote unquote help. It didn't make sense to me. Either way, pretty decent match, Alfred Hayes leaves the announce booth. Yay. Yeah, I didn't really like the fact that, like, they, like, both, like, did the respect angle. It's like, hey, thanks, bro. Uh, you you, you kind of helped got me DQ'd there because, you know, you coming out made the Heenan family come out to even odds. And I get the fact that they needed to have because he's Andre the Giant, but I don't know. Have him do something. Have him interview with the region. Something, I don't know. Yeah. Give him something to do. I agree. That's useful. <clears throat> mean Gene's with Donald Trump. Donald Trump says he loves it. Uh, Gene then interviews Chuck Norris. And he says that he's been watching since the gorgeous George days. Which I was shocked they left in. Because the WWF doesn't seem to acknowledge their history. Especially at this time period. How old would that make Chuck Norris? Old? Well, yes, but I, Gorgeous out. George was like in like the 20s. How old is Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris is 78. Holy shit. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. He was born in 1940. Huh? So, I mean, damn. When did Gorgeous George wrestle? Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about that event. Why, Sorry you suck. About that. It says he was born from 1915 to 1963. I would think that makes sense. I mean, if he was wrestling in the 40s and 50s. Well, I guess. I, if he was wrestling in the 50s, he was probably, he would have been very old at that point. 1915 to 1963. That's when he was born and died, but, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. It says he debuted his glamour boy image on a 1941 card in Eugene, Oregon. Mm. And he, so, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he would have been a young kid as George's Gorge, Gorgeous George was, you know, becoming the, uh, the main event, essentially. Yeah. Huh. Didn't realize that Chuck Norris was that old. 
Uh, he then interviews Henry Winkler. Fonzie. Yeah. Hey. He then said that he is happy to be that the Ultimate Warrior got the win. Gene then interviews Lou Ferrigno. He said WrestleMania is better than the Olympics, and his kids love it. Well, so. that's cool that he got to talk to the Hulk. I don't know. Or Hercules. Huh. One of the two. All Sinbad. right. We get another Earthquake match. Yay. Earthquake with Jimmy Hart versus Greg the Valentine Hammer. <laughs> or Greg the Val- Hammer Valentine. Excuse me. <laughs> Come on, Greg Hammer sounds better than Greg Valentine. <laughs> Greg the Valentine Hammer. Yay. Getting dyslexic. Oh, man. My bird is laughing yeah, at Yeah, I was going to say. I think he likes it, too. <laughs> oh, good grief. He is back on commentary, and Earthquake starts with an early advantage on Hammer. He uh, gets a, uh, a leg, what was it? A big power slam on him, and then attempts for a pin, and almost gets a three, but the Hammer hits some southpaw ja- uh, chops, and punches and tries for several clotheslines, but still can't get Earthquake down. Because he's he, fat. Because he's fat. He then hits a second uh, rope sledgehammer that finally gets him down. He then attempts the figure four, but instead drives his head into the groin of Earthquake. Smart, smart move. He then works over the leg, setting up the figure four, but Jimmy Hart gets on the top rope, which allows Earthquake to get the advantage and get the splash for the win in 3-14. Anything on that? Uh, it was an Earthquake match. Did you notice that uh, Greg Valentine is no longer Elvis? Yes, he was back to being Ric Flair. Yep. Sean Mooney is with the Legion of Doom, which I was shocked because, holy crap, I didn't think they were in yeah, the Yeah, and was on the show, too. Huh. They cut a promo on Power and Glory because they cost them the chance at the Heart Foundation for the title. Hawks' Power and Glory will be sour and gory when they are done with them. Okay. Oh, Power and Glory with Slick versus Legion of Doom. Power and Glory attack while they're taking off their spikes, which seems kind of dumb, because, you know, spikes. But it doesn't really matter, as LED takes over, and uh, one team is fighting on the outside, and the other in the ring. Hawk hits a power slam, and then uh, they hit the Doomsday device and get the victory at 359. Yeah. Power and glory were buried in this match. Nothing more. Well, it's Hercules and Paul Roma. So, so I, who took the power? Who took the uh, Doomsday device? Paul Roma. Paul Roma. So Paul, Paul Roma. Interesting tidbit. Uh, Paul Roma was legit scared to take the Doomsday device because people usually ended up landing on their neck. Yeah, I mean. Okay, I wouldn't want it to take a doomsday device because Neither would I. I can't. I can't do a backflip. But yeah, I mean, 
it's legit. Like, you know, animals coming at you with a clothesline, and Hawk is just going to throw you back, and it's up to you to save yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame him. I don't either. Because half the time it looks like fucking Hawk's just like, whatever. Fucking fall. Yeah, well, Hawk's drunk. Or Or whatever. He's just like, (laughs) So, I thought this was a... uh, I thought this was live, but it turns out it was a video package they threw, too. In the back, the Million Dollar Man is being massaged by Virgil, who is reluctant... But he starts massaging his toes at the request of the Million Dollar Man. Virgil then attacks the Million Dollar Man at the Royal Rumble. One week before WrestleMania, it's DiBiase versus Jake the Snake. Uh, Virgil kept DiBiase out of the ring long enough to be counted out and lost his, which made uh, him lose his first TV match. So, there's that. So, Watchman, or excuse me, uh, the Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi versus Virgil with Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Well, at least Piper's not wrestling this year. And being racist. And being racist. Yes. Well, maybe he's being racist because he's with Virgil. And Virgil's kind of racist anyway. Eh. Did you know that Virgil was named Virgil because that is Dusty Rhodes' real name? Yes, so I've heard. That's awful. It Fuck is. you, Vince McMahon. Well, that's why they named him Vincent in WCW. Ah, that makes sense. Ha! <laughs> Piper comes down on a crutch. The announcers say that he was in a motorcycle accident. Was this legit? Yes. Oh, wow. The crowd is firmly behind Virgil with a big Virgil chant. Virgil starts off early with boxing punches. Virgil gives the early part of the match. DiBiase keeps rolling out of the ring upset when he doesn't have the upper hand. Virgil finally gets control and gives Virgil a big clothesline and then hits a pile driver for a two count. A gut wrench suplex on Virgil. DiBiase then throws Virgil out of the ring in front of Piper. He chops Virgil a few times and then pushes Piper down to the ground. This looked like it, like it was unexpected. Yeah. Like he went ass right. over tea kettle over that chair. Uh, Heenan then makes a I'm falling and I can't get up joke. DiBiase runs off the rope, but the rope is pulled down, and DiBiase continues to attack Piper with punches and kicks. The bell then rings and is determined to count out victory for Virgil at 7 minutes and 41 seconds. After the match, DiBiase applies the Million Dollar Dream. Piper crawls into the ring and hits the crutch over the back of DiBiase. Sensational Sherry runs down and grabs the crutch from Piper and hands it to DiBiase, who attacks uh, the leg of Piper and gives him the softest crutch shots to the leg you've ever seen. Which is probably why I, I think it was a it was a real injury. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because like, they made damn sure. I mean, these were like, like yeah. slow motion, like, yeah, shots. Like it was crazy yeah. how bad they looked. But if it was legit, holy shit! 
Uh, fucking what the fuck, Roddy Piper? Heal. Um, Virgil then gets the crutch and swings it around, nearly hitting Sherry. Legit. It looked very unsafe. He fucking just swung this thing like a baseball bat. Well, listen, he is re- wrestling superstar Virgil. That is and, true. And he doesn't care. Now, give him his $20 for his picture. Yes. Piper attacks uh, Joey Morella with the crutch and doesn't accept any help from anybody. Virgil then grabs the microphone and tells Roddy to get up. Piper then makes it to his feet and is helped by the back. Uh, helped to the back by Virgil. I said this match could have been very bad, but it was good. Uh, but I thought the ending came out of nowhere, and I think that Piper overshadowed the match. The fact that jo- uh, Sherry joined the Million Dollar Man seemed to be lost uh, in the mayhem. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, Rodney Piper definitely did not need to be there. Yeah. Uh, either way, Virgil was uh, limited in what he could do, but he did a great job, and DiBiase carried the match. Anything else? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> okay. Sean Mooney is in the back, and he throws to a video package outlining the main event. Sergeant Slaughter uh, started a Hulk Hogan shirt on fire. Defensive man is disgust. Sergeant Slaughter and the general and General Adnan came out, and Adnan cuts a promo on Arab. Sergeant Slaughter then uh, calls Hogan slime and says that he is a new uh, he has the new rules in the WWF, and he's playing by Slaughter's rules. And there's nothing that he can do about it. Yes. So, yes, let's talk about uh, the burning of the Hogan shirt. Vince McMahon actually asked Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, mind you, to burn an American flag. Holy shit! And Sergeant Slaughter said, no! Good! Oh my god, Vince! Wow. And it just reminds me of, didn't La Resistance burn an American flag? Maybe. There was also that time, like, I don't know, like, Vince asks people to do, like, weird stuff. yeah. Like, I'm sure the JBL goose-stepping incident in Germany was his idea. Oh, God, I hope not. Although this is the same time, I mean, I still can't believe that the Hulk, Hulk or not Hulk, the Undertaker agreed to the, you know, unfortunately timed, but the terrorist attack on him. Yeah. Like, wow. Well, I'm glad, hey, I'm glad that, you know, they didn't do that, because holy shit, that's way going over the line. Yeah, definitely. But on top of it, I think burning the Hulk Hogan shirt is a lot more symbolic. I mean, they had it look like a flag. It was on a you know wooden stake, and he was waving it around like a flag, and then they burned it. Yeah, and I thought well, that felt re- a lot more. That brought a lot more because that's Hulk Hogan's shirt. Kind of cool. just like you know when Hulk Hogan, when when it got ripped off his chest uh, right. at WrestleMania three. 
I agree that it was powerful. But the reason they had it on the flagpole like that is because initially it was going to be an American. No, 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 I get that. I think that's what they're trying to, they're trying to emulate. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the fact that they used the Hulk Hogan shirt would have been much, provided a lot better visual, obviously, in the context of versus an actual American flag. So, uh, Slaughter continues and threatens to either get DQ'd or counted out so Hogan can't win the match. Or the title. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> Alright. The Mountie versus Tito Santana. Ariba. This is crazy. It's been a while since we've seen Tito. No, we saw him last year. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't know why I was thinking we'd seen him in a while. Well, that's what I wrote, damn it. Both men lock up in the Mountie with the leapfrog, uh, which Santana hits a sloppy frog uh, flying cross body block. Mountie is then handed a cattle prod by Jimmy Hart, and he hits Santana in the gut and gets a pin quickly in 121. I said, what a waste of Tito Santana. Ariba. Anything else? Nope. Just Ariba. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Mean Gene is in the back with Hulk Hogan. Hogan is upset about them trying to burn the shirt. Or about them burning the shirt. And all he knows is ground warfare. And Hogan has a battle plan. Mean Gene then throws to a week ago with uh, General Adnan versus Hogan. When Sergeant Slaughter takes a beating uh, by Slaughter and then is left. uh, And then in the belt. He then slaps the camel clutch on while Adnan taunts him with the belt. Gene asks if he'll still be the same man since the beating. He says no. He's done a 360. And what kind of man he is. So he is the same man. Yes. (laughs) He says he'll be the new WWF champion. The celebrities are brought out for their roles. Who really cares? They do this every year. World Heavyweight Championship in your main event. Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, man. I have, like, nearly a page and a half of notes. You can do it. Okay. Slaughter comes out to the song of drum rolls. That's all it was. It was long, one long drum roll. Alex Trebek should not quit his day job. Hogan comes out with an American flag and the crowd goes nuts. Kids have a super long sign that says Hulkamania lives on, uh, lives free, printed on computer paper. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Marlo rings the ring bell and then chases Adnan, uh, and chases both Adnan and Slaughter around the ring. Adnan eventually leaves the ring and now both men are jawjacking and killing time. Slaughter hands over the WWF title, and the ref shows it to the crowd. Both men pace around in a circle around the ring and appear to want to lock up, but Slaughter backs away and eventually do. They jockey for position, and the ref gets in between them. Hogan then pushes him away, the ref that is, and Slaughter does, and Hogan pushes Slaughter, oh, uh, pushes away, then Slaughter does, and Hogan then pushes Slaughter down. 
Okay, I don't know what I wrote there. Anyway, Hogan was pushing the ref out of the way, and then he pushes down Slaughter. Whatever. Hogan then hits a shoulder tackle that flips uh, Slaughter inside out. They then end up on the floor. Adnan attacks Hogan from behind. Slaughter grabs a chair and hits the back of Hulk Hogan right in front of the referee, who does nothing except start a count. Slaughter then begs off and rakes the eyes of Hogan. Hogan eventually takes over and gives Slaughter a big clothesline and punches Adnan for good measure. Hogan keeps bringing up his WrestleMania party, or sorry, Heenan keeps bringing up his WrestleMania party event for the following Tuesday at Caesars Palace. I was actually kind of bummed. I tried to look for this on YouTube and couldn't find it. Well, why would you have a WrestleMania party several days after WrestleMania? I have no idea. I was wondering the same thing. Hulk goes for the cover and gets a two after a body slam. Hogan then rakes the back of a shirted slaughter, to which he sells. Yes, because Hulk Hogan's nails are made of titanium. Apparently. And America. Yes. Hogan hits a backdrop, to which Brain says he must have been 10 to 12 feet in the air. Hogan then hits a running knee, a high knee, to the back of Slaughter, and then a slingshot into the turnbuckle. Hogan hits a 10 punch, and the ref tries to break it up, but Hogan pushes him away. The announcers say that Hogan has lost it. He isn't going for the pin. The whole match has been Hogan. Hogan tries for a pin and gets a two. Hogan then climbs to the top rope, but Ednon grabs his leg, which allows Slaughter to slam Hogan from the top rope. Yep, did the flare spot. Yep, he sure did. Hogan then clotheslines, oh sorry, Slaughter then clotheslines Hogan over the top rope and then runs his head into the post and then grabs a chair and hits Hogan twice in the back. Again, in front of the referee. He then grabs a camera cam, oh sorry, go ahead. I I guess this must be a no disqualification match. Yeah, apparently. He then grabs a camera cable and begins choking Hulk Hogan on the floor. Heenan says it appears Slaughter is trying to get disqualified. Sergeant Slaughter maybe rolls. it's not. Yeah, exactly. Sergeant Slaughter then rolls Hogan back into the ring and continues the beat down with sledges to the back, a backbreaker on Hogan, and then a near pinfall. Slaughter continues working over the back. Slaughter attempts a Boston Crab, but then uh, Hogan turns it over and hits Hogan over, but he gets near the ropes. Hogan is next to the ropes in arm's length, but doesn't bother grabbing them. Eventually, Regis Regis calls out Hogan for not trying to get to the rope, asking, why doesn't he just go for the rope? That's bad when Regis Philman is calling out the fact that, like, Hogan is next to the fucking rope. And he's doing nothing. He's doing nothing. He's sitting there taking the move, screaming in agony. Well, maybe he's in so much agony he can't see the rope. I guess. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Slaughter then climbs to the top rope and hits a knee drop to the back of Hogan. And then he attempts a pin, but Adnan is distracting the referee. And Sergeant Slaughter gets the visual pinfall. Finally, a count happens, and it's a two. Slaughter then grabs a steel chair and hits the head of Hogan 
and Hogan is busted open, and Slaughter tries for a pin and gets a two. Hogan has a crimson mask of blood, and Slaughter slaps on the Cobra, Cobra clutch. Slaughter then keeps kicking the back of Hogan, and then applies the Cobra clutch again in the middle of the ring. Hogan stands up with Slaughter on his back. Slaughter then pushes Hogan chest first into the turnbuckle. Slaughter then grabs the Iraqi flag, and he pins Hogan with a two with the flag over Hogan for a two. Hogan then starts ripping up the flag, and this causes him to hulk up. A big boot by Hogan, a leg drop, and Hogan gets the win at 20 minutes and 26 seconds. Hulk Hogan is now a three-time WWF champion. He puts the belt on, Hogan waves the American flag, and Gorilla Monsoon's Gorilla Monsoon declares the war over, official, officially over. Hogan then poses for the crowd while he ain't in talks crap and then talks about his Tuesday night party event to which Mon says, uh, Monsoon also sells by saying, who cares? Way Yay. to uh, hype up your USA special. Oh. Okay, take, what do you think? My fucking throat hurts. Okay. So, <clears throat> this match made very little sense to me because there didn't seem to be any rules. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter would use weapons and choking and all sorts of things, and Hogan like was scratching the back and the eyes and all this other stuff. Like, I don't get why Hogan and Slaughter were doing all these. Like, he, like I understood why Slaughter was doing the heel tacket tactics. I don't get why Hogan always do, does those it's probably because he can't work probably. um <clears throat> probably but but i would say that this match was it's it's not as good as last year's main event by any means it was an okay match though i agree <clears throat> i said the uh, match was okay but nothing special i like the fact that slaughter got most of the match um but his moveset is very weak. Just a lot of punches and kicks. And in the end, Hogan won, obviously. This was a so-so. This was so-so, I wrote. All right. Match of the night. Match of the night was probably the opener. Which was? Which was the Rockers. Yep. I agree. Worst match of the night. Worst match of the night, uh, blindfold match. Yes, that or that or the Mountie match. Yeah, I'll say that or the Mountie match because I, I, it was a death spot, and it's just like why was that there? Uh, where, um, what would you give the event overall? Overall, I would probably give the event. I would say this is a good, a, a solid four. I would agree with you there, too. I was thinking of either a 3.5 or a 4. I think the fact that we got such a good match out of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior match, surprisingly, saved it. I should say it's more of a Macho Man Randy Savage match. Yeah. All right, you ready for the star ratings? Yes, what did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say? The opener was uh, three and a half stars. 
All right. Very good match. Yes. Carrie Von Eric versus Dino Bravo was a three-fourth star. Okay. British Bulldog versus the Warlord was two and a half stars. Mm, I strongly disagree. The Heart Foundation versus the Nasty Boys, three and a half stars. Okay, well. I think you liked that match. He did. Jake Roberts versus Rick Martell, a dud. I think that's being generous. Undertaker versus Jimmy Snuka, one star. Okay. Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior. What do you think? Four stars. Four and one fourth stars. Oh, four and a quarter, huh? Yeah. Tenaru versus and uh, Katao versus Demolition. Negative half a star. Really? Okay. So mad about that. Mr. Perfect versus Big Boss Man. Two and a half stars. Okay. Earthquake versus Greg Valentine. A dud. Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory. A dud. Hmm. Ted DiBiase versus Virgil. What would you think? Uh, negative three quarter stars. We're way off. Oh. Two stars. No. Tito Santana versus the Mountie. Negative half a star. Okay. Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. Two and a half stars. Uh, I guess that works. So, there you go. That is WrestleMania 7. Yes. Not, uh, not, not the best. great. Yeah. Definitely not great, but not... Probably not the worst yet. No. Not yet. So, thankfully that hasn't happened yet. But alright. All right. So next time, we kind of en- we start to enter a new generation of wrestling. Yeah. We start to. We got Sid Justice. We got Sid Justice. Uh, yeah, and I, I think the more important thing is we got Ric Flair. Yes! And we'll talk about it in the next episode, but it was supposed to be Flair Hogan. Yeah, but, you know, that wouldn't draw anything, Rob. No, of course not. Damn. What could have been? What could have been? All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, check out us, uh, our back episodes on Cosmic Potato, if this is your first episode. We've reviewed now seven WrestleManias. We've only got, like, I don't know, a lot to go. Well, we have less than 30 to go. That is true. So, until next time. Peace. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening.